In entertainment news, we have some new shows coming up for you. We have Fool of Icarus, a Big Eyes Small Mouth 4E show featuring on two young protagonists finding their way in a dangerous world. From the Warhammer Age of Sigmar universe, using the Soulbound system, we have Core Campaign, Lost and Bound, and some one-shots that will tie into the main adventure, featuring podcasters we all know and love. For those wanting the visual experience, check out Fly Like a D6 on the Snyder's Return YouTube channel for TTRPG reviews, and you can also find our TTRPG content creator interviews on there as well. It's going to be a good time, folks. Tune in, check it out, and support the team where you can. Um, I don't know if, if uh, uh, there are kind of two two things that I'd like to know. One would be um, where are those people, but mostly it's kind of who are those people? Because the only thing that I know is that Ariadne is kind of the the avatar of the underworld. I don't have much more info on her. Okay. Um, so from a so yeah. yeah. So from a mythological standpoint, uh, Ariadne was was is was, I guess, the wife of uh, Dionysus, who mm-hmm. uh, infamously, famously. Mythological. I'm not sure what the correct terming is. Gave uh, Theseus the ball of th- the unbreakable ball of thread to lead uh, him out of the Minosaur's labyrinth. Uh, yes. Therefore, is known as a quite well-known figure and sought-after sort of mystical guide. Where that leads you down into the city itself is down beyond, not beyond street level as such, but to that underworld that subculture of rifts who are very much aware of each other's existence uh, and ariadne from what your your searchings have found able to suppress uh aegeus tech supports aggressive of attempts to sort of track a, a f- an infamous hacker such as yourself and the rest of the hacktivist group um you're able to find out that she is pretty much a guide of and uh best way of putting it a cryptic figure of information that that can provide information about powerful avatars guardians of the city a a little known organization that that pops up for the first time in your searches known as gatekeepers there seems to be there seems to be a a cloak a, a like you wear, or Iona, for example, wears a disguise over their true self, like like you do. Um, she appears to to everyone in the city, as the rumors go, as a little grey-haired, you know, middle-aged woman. But really, she is so much more. To be invited, or to be contacted by Ariadne is to be brought into a part of secrecy within the city that few get getting in contact with and become a part of. Mm-hmm. That's great. So she basically would be a broker. Of sorts, yes. Yeah. 
Okay, that is amazing. Um, Rafa will kind of dwell a little bit in his own thoughts and uh, have uh, have a strange feeling of excitement because excitement and fear because he kind of understands what the position and even this this symbolic meaning towards him specifically means but um he will sit up or he will leave his chair kind of straighten his his jacket and he will go towards the door and try to find um, Ariadne. All right. As you make your way out into the... Are you just stepping out into the city in any way in particular? It's only fair to ask. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of open the door to um, a place that is fairly close to wherever um the, the the this underworld is but i'll i'll go through the front door like i'll i'll not go directly uh into this 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 place i'll kind of go to the street level and work my way down as a sign of good faith more or less or of respect does rafa know where the entrance to this and and when I say entrance, I mean underworld as in everything still happens in the city. It's not necessarily subterranean. There is just a Oh, okay. I think a separate the... layer of society that, that is continuing under the noses of the sleepers, effectively. I see. I, I thought that um the information that you gave me kind of disclosed the location. You would need to find the entrance uh, still. Okay. Or, or someone I... to, to guide you to a a location frequented by this underworld yeah. society, effectively. I am looking here in my <laughs> activist knowledge contacts. Uh, Ariadne Underworld, uh, activist representation. I have uh, Helen Troncoso. Maybe she's a vigi uh, she's a vigilante. I don't know. Is she a um, a rift? I have Delia. I have uh, yes, Helen Tronsco Tron uh, Troncosco Troncoso Troncoso um, is a rift. Uh, you could contact. Uh, so are the few of the others. I mean, there's a there's an old favorite of yours there in the people of interest. Uh, it all depends on who you want to talk to. Uh, yeah, but, well, by the, the the list of people that I have, I think this one may be the most interesting one. So I'll I'll text her uh, before going out. Uh, really, I'll text her and say, "Hey, Alan, um, you got some time?" And I'll kind of already be on my way to her place. And uh, the response you get back before we shift back to the good doctor is uh, she will meet you when she finishes work at uh, the Sequeria 
which is a taco place. Taco and yes. cervezas. Well, I'm waiting for you there. All right. Message sent and received. Uh, doctor, you have emerged, uh, hopefully in showered, at, at, at least, uh, from the sewers below Helix Labs. What do we find you doing? The doctor is um, in his office, um, replacing his damaged attire. He is quietly contemplating uh, the satisfaction with which he destroyed uh, the monster without understanding it at all, which is odd for him. Normally, knowledge is what drives him, and passing up any opportunity to learn more would be anathema to him, but the visceral disgust and fury he felt at seeing the thing has caught him entirely by surprise, and yeah, he feels equal parts ashamed for acting so out of base impulse, and also mournful over uh, if not the life of the creature necessarily, because he doesn't even necessarily think of it as a person, um, then at least the knowledge he could have gained if he had been more restrained in his dealings with it. While you are absorbing, processing, uh, and dealing with all of this, uh, Latoya sort of comes to your door and, and sort of just raps on the door frame very gently and, and sort of stands and waits to be addressed, should we say. The doctor uh, takes a long few moments to notice that his uh, one of his deputy directors is at the door before he sort of shakes himself out of his um, fairly self-censored introspection and looks up to her that uh, he gestures to uh, the head on his desk uh, tattered neck and all and says I resolved our sewer disruption and I brought you a present hopefully you can learn a thing or two from it <laughs> It's your MC, Adam, here, just taking a break from the case momentarily to let you know about our great friends in the tabletop role-playing game community and the TTRPG family. So the following is a short trailer for one of our many friends. Go and check them out. Follow the links in the description below to go and give their show a listen. Uh, engage with them and engage with us. We'd love to have you back as the cases continue to progress. Speaking of which, let's get back to the action. Potions and Potpourri, a Dungeons and Dragons variety show podcast where two gal pals, Keisha and Kayla, talk about a variety of topics including discussions. 
Wizards of the Coast has tried recently to change the mechanics, but I think the biggest thing they did was release Tasha's Cult of Everything. Right. That, like, really changed the way that people could make their characters. Life plays. We oh, caught the tracker trying to kill Claude. He already killed some of the household guards. Uh, we did everything we could to try and save him, but uh, the tracker unfortunately got got to him before we could. But we took care of the tracker. So. Oh, it's me. Oh, he's gone. He's gone by Joseph. <laughs> Over. Interviews. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Oh. If you're not having fun with your character after all, I'm not gonna make you play your character. Yeah. You have to figure out why is your current character leaving and why is this new character joining and so much more potions and potpourri find us wherever you get your podcasts she casts a a long eye over us should we say fully appraising the state of it um and before she goes to lift it she turns to you and says um i think this is more more renzo's uh remit this one's a bit too beaten for for my tastes uh, the information will be available all the same i trust renzo implicitly uh, but the information will be made a Available to us uh, and to you, of course, Dr. Edwards, as soon as Renzo has, has finished uh, his process. Like, shrugs, and uh, he looks to Letitia with momentary uncertainty and says, And how did your meeting go with the good chairman? Uh, the chairman loves to sell his own self-importance. Uh, I've... Working through Dr. Adams's uh, previous arrangements, we have agreed to move some of our second-rate stock onto, onto his consumer shelves through our various networks. Uh, all above board in that respect, though he did have a strange request, uh, which, which pricked my ears up, but uh, said he was, was interested if, if our equipment or if we had something available to help him find his daughter lily did uh a strange request in the middle of a business meeting but um this was very much not a fatherly concerned request strange gentleman chairman chow i see well that end i think we could offer our assistance to a degree. I'll, uh, I'll see what information we can glean from them. Uh, uh, one other thing, uh, Dr. Stevenson uh, phoned in, said he was just looking after his son for, for a day or so, needed uh, needed a personal day. He's got the leave to take. Uh, he's got the, the, the time off uh, owed, so we've just chalked it up to, to sort of days off. Um, but uh, we're expecting him back in the office, possibly Tomorrow or the day after. He'll be back soon. Excellent. Um, while you are waiting for the results of that, I have some concerns about our dear, reliable Mr. Hyde. May note there is some conspicuous 
resemblance to our uh, sewer-bound friend. My son has too much energy. I need to actually... Anyway, I'll deal with that in a minute. A young boy um, with too much energy? No. no. Shock, shock and or horror at yeah. such revelations of information. Um, <laughs> she gives the, the head a second look before putting in her oversized case for such an occasion. Um, and she she gives you a almost a deadpan look as she says, from what I'm understanding from Dr. Adams herself, if you catch my drift and she taps her neck, I think this one was the first. And what we have running around in body armor is second or third generation. I believe our Mr. Hyde has a doppelganger elsewhere in the city. Dr. Adams managed to keep that information quite well hidden. I've took the liberty of cracking open a few more of her files to see if I can locate our Mr. Hyde's brother. She kind of screws her face up, looking at you sideways as, as though looking for some sort of acknowledgement. I see. Well, I'll have to look into that project more. This was one of Dr. Adams' projects, or...? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Seems to be. That's that's all the information we have. The uh, What I have learned from Dr. Adams and, and going through the files that I have been able to gain access to uh, indicate a, a project for regeneration and... Um, I, won't, I don't want to call it human harvesting, um, but this cloning, shall we say, has seemingly had some some trials and some successes. Well, continue your work. You're doing exceptionally well relative to your predecessor. As I told you before, Dr. Edwards, I'm not a scientist. Not every asset the company needs to be. Some of the scientists are far less useful than others. I have some concerns about your um, your co-assistant director. He seems distracted. I'll make some inquiries for you, Dr. Edward. See if we can't find out what's going on there. Thank you. That will be all for now. Of course. And you see as she places the case down next to the head of, of Frank and opens it. There inside the case is the head of Dr. Adams. So she places the head and neck of Frank virtually face to face, carefully next to the head of Dr. Adams. And she closes up the case, gives you a cordial nod, spins on the, on the heel and then leaves your office. Uh, as we sort of fade out from that and fade out from... Rafa moving into the city. Uh, we pan across through to Trinity Arc Hospital, where we see Matty Kilroy with the very similar and rather distinctive facial features which match sort of Frank, but definitely of that of Mr. Hyde. We move through uh, a few hours later to see... Uh, Latoya's 
colleague Renzo shrinking the head of Frank uh, and placing it upon effectively a, a keychain ready to be carried around as required. We move further out to where Dr. Stevens can be found in his garage hacking with what can only be described as a hacksaw the limbs off of an unknown individual. Uh, there is polythene sheets all around the garage and we can hear his son, Freddy, playing some sort of computer game in another room away from uh, Dr. Stevenson's work. Uh, and we see a smart-looking, grey-haired, hooded, middle-aged woman in silver robes of woven spider silk just pulling a, a loose red thread away from a ball of twine. And that is where we will end. Woohoo! Great session. Oh, well, did we meet this Dr. No. Stevenson? Uh, you haven't. You might do okay. in the future. Yeah, but yeah, just so. Dr. Stevenson, he's a, an ominous guy. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Drake's still out there and he blew up a whole building or caused the destruction of a whole building plus various other bits and pieces. So there is, yeah, there's a lot going on. No, oh, he's still out there. Dr. Drake is still out there. You never caught him. You freed, didn't even really free um, Veronica from Vector. But that situation okay. is being handled by Dr. Edwards and Iona, technically, in Helix Labs. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have a little name list over here and kind of the status from everyone. And Dr. Drake was very clearly marked as dead for me. And now it's a big question uh, mark. Question mark. <laughs> he's, he's gone silent. Okay. He is not forgotten. The correct procedure is clearly dead, hypothetically. You can find out more about the show, including our interview episodes, via our link tree or at our website at www.snivesreturn.squarespace.com. Please consider leaving us a review. City of Mist is a TTRPG by Son of Oak. You can find out more about City of Mist by going to www.cityofmist.co. Music and sound effects for this episode are from epidemicsounds.com. The intro and outro music were composed by Chloe Elliott. You can find her on Twitter at Chloe underscore with the flow. The logo was designed by Jessie Lowe. You can find her artwork on Twitter at Akinomi underscore art. We're going to use our help points and be ready to investigate next time on Meddlers, Monsters and Madmen.